my phone just mansplained. Your wow. phone is mansplaining I, to you? I turn, it, I turn it on airplane mode and it's like, oh no, you know you're not connected to the internet? I'm like, thank you, iPhone. I heard it in Steve Jobs' voice. I heard it like Steve Jobs was mansplaining to you. Anyway, we are not here to talk about Steve Jobs today, uh, or mansplaining, hopefully. I get really mad when my phone tells me things. Like, I just get so mad. Uh, this is episode 59 of Offbeat Tracks. It is. Um, yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about an album today. Uh, two album shows two weeks in a row. I know. Love it. We hadn't done any album shows in a while, so here, you get two, two in a row. Exactly. Oh, and actually, before we get to anything, I think we should resolve our trivia question from last week that yeah. came up randomly at the end of the episode. Uh, I mentioned that there is such a thing as an EGOT, which is somebody who wins an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, and that including honorary awards, because I do think those count. I was actually um, going to ask you that if it counted honorary, because I was like, I can't yes. think of anyone who's a real EGOT. You have to, oh no, well, real real EGOTs, quote unquote, if you don't count the honorary, 12 people have done it. If you count the honoraries, 18 people have done it. What the? But you have, oh. you have to count the honoraries for this, for my trivia question to make oh, okay. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question was, who is the only person who is a regot who has won all the above plus a Razzie, the Golden Raspberry Award for being the worst in something? Um, do, you, do you know the answer to this? I, I posted a, about this on Facebook yes. a few days it's ago. It's got to be an honorary because I know she's not a real EGOT. But I don't know if I, Liza. Yes. There. Did, you, did you see my Facebook post no, about I didn't. this? <laughs> yes. I would say Liza probably. There's yes. got to be others. It's Liza Minnelli. Yes. Is there any other one? Well, her her um, her honorary was I think a Grammy. I think her Grammy was honorary. She all the the others are all legitimate. She she won. Yeah, I knew she wasn't an EGOT, but she was close. She won a Razzie for uh, Arthur Two. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. It was like I was about to say it's either Arthur one or Arthur two because she's yep. questionable in both. Um, so there you go. <laughs> yes, Miss Miss Liza Minnelli is the only regot. Um, today we are going to talk about uh, an album called M ten fifteen. At least that's what it was called when it was released in nineteen eighty four. It's not called that anymore. But. It is not called that anymore. Um, and this is by Sylvester, who you probably know from his disco hit "You Make Me Feel Mighty Real." Mm-hmm. So this was this well into the 80s. This album came out on October 15th, 1984 in the United States. Um, Sylvester, just a little bit of background on him. He was born 1947. He is from Watts, the Watts area of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he moved to San Francisco and was really uh, well known in the club scene. He was a drag queen and performer in San Francisco. Um, he, he earned the honorary title. A lot of people called him the first lady of, of San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, he was also known as the Queen of Disco. Yeah. He's the other one. I mean, he, yeah, he really kind of was the Queen of Disco, though. Anytime I see a drag queen, it's just like, girl, you're not, you're not doing Sylvester. No. As good as Sylvester. (laughs) That's right. Anytime I see a drag queen, I'm just like, why don't you just call yourself Sylvester? Because that's what you are. He just, he was an amazing performer. He, um, amazing dancer, great singer. He was very unapologetic about who he was. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There are just a lot of reasons to love Sylvester. Um, this album came along later in his career. It was his second to last album. And I just think that it is grossly underappreciated. I love this record. I have for a long time. Um, it's, he, it shows how he was growing as an artist, um, and moving away from his disco roots and into the things that were blowing up in the club at the time, like high energy and electro. And he was evolving like disco had evolved in the club. So it's perfect. Um, yeah. So I don't know. So let's 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 talk about these songs because I just uh, I love this record. It starts with "Rock the Box," which is the best Sylvester song ever recorded. Really, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I love this song. Like it's just 
pure synth pop dance brilliance. Yeah, this like, is just it's percussion like driven. It's it's, like, it's kind of freestyle oh. too. It's oh, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's a freestyle electro song. But it's also kind of new wavy. Um, this was a number 25 dance hit, um, and it charted in the UK as well, uh, pretty low, but it did chart. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't really understand why this wasn't a bigger dance hit. I feel like this song is radio friendly enough. It could have gotten some I think, some airplay. Uh, I think maybe at that time, because dance was really kind of going back into the Hot 100. That was when dance was really coming back. So there was so much stuff on the charts. This is like right around like a virgin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just the the dance charts and the pop charts were just inundated with this. So I, I feel like it might just be a bad timing thing on the charts because there's just so much of this out there that was big and it was bigger than Sylvester. I don't know. Could be. But um, I don't know. I, I love so good. I love Rock the Box. Um, I just it's it's about as flawless as as freestyle music gets. Yeah. And, just love it. Mm-hmm. You listen, everybody. Have a real good time. Better keep the music jamming. Better rock your box. All over Manhattan. From Brooklyn to the Bronx. Y'all better keep the music popping. Rock your box. Lovin' is really my game. Was uh, this would actually end up being the final single he released off this record? Uh, it did not chart at all. Um, mm. This is kind of it's about as disco. Yeah, it's about as post as post disco gets. Yeah, I mean it's is... kind of post disco, but it's yeah, it's about as close to disco as you can get and still be post disco. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just, this is very like Sylvester Roots kind of disco sound. Like if you heard this, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty much Sylvester disco. I mean, yeah. it's good. It goes up, it goes down. It's a roller coaster of groove, if you will. I'm just, I'm not surprised that it wasn't a hit. Yeah. Just because this was 1984 and I just, people were not listening oh, to this no. kind of music yeah, anymore. this was not going to hit. So this track called Sex. Yep. That's, right? That's the name of it. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, this was the B-side to uh, another single he would release um, off of this record. But, yeah, I love this. I mean, this is like, opens kind of with these like jungle congas. But it's it, it kind of, it's very um, saccharine, I guess is the right word. It's It's very like clean. You know, it's a very clean production. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very like composed for a song that's like about banging. It's kind of oddly composed and I mean, it's restrained. Like Sylvester really getting high energy. Like it's mm-hmm. such a high energy track. I mean, it's not it's not dirty by any. No, way. it's not. No, but I mean, it's like I don't know. Sylvester before this, I don't know. His songs weren't really like before this album. He wasn't really that overtly sexual. You know, he was, he, well, I mean, his image, yes, but like his actual songs, no. Like, it was like, you make me feel mighty real is, you make me feel mighty real. That could be about anything. Yes. Like, this is like sex, 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 and it's so different. And I think that he's like letting himself really be like, that's what we're all here for. Yep. What the fuck, man? Yeah, because, uh, you know, we're, we're, again, we're past the 70s. We're kind of into the, 
the gay liberation era a little bit. Oh, yeah. And he was not pulling any punches about that. Mm-hmm. I'm making my This album does have one lovely little ballad yeah. in the form of uh, Shadow of a Heart. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, it does stick out on the album just because randomly a ballad like it's, uh, with some lovely little Yamaha DX7 electric piano, as you would expect. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's fine. I'm just not listening to Sylvester for a ballad. Right. You know, yeah, just, right. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, necessarily. It's just, if I'm if I'm turning on Sylvester, I'm not like... Let's get in love. Like, it's, you know, it's not my... <laughs> right. It's not there for me. This one he would actually just release as a single in Mexico only. Um, it's called Taking Love Into My Own Hands. Why just Mexico? Um, I don't know. Music uh, industry is weird. Yes, it is. Anyway. Uh, it's a, it, this is a high energy song for sure. Oh my this God. This is definitely yeah. a high energy song. Did you notice did the, the opening beats of this song remind you of anything else? I beat, didn't write it down. Beat being a keyword. It reminded me of Beat It, the Michael Jackson song. Ooh. Ooh. I just it has that same kind of uh, yeah. flow to it, I guess. I'll give you that. No, I really, I really like songs about like power and sex and like the power struggle of sex and being like, yeah, I'm doing this myself. I don't yes. need you to notice me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just love songs like that. That's what this is. It's high energy and fun. And I'm here for high energy. You know, it's my oh my, my favorite genre of music ever. So <laughs> can you not enjoy yourself listening to this? Exactly. Can you not enjoy it. I Take Me to Heaven was actually the second single off of this record. Um, mm. And the last, uh, I think it's the last time he ever charted in the UK. Um, it barely, barely made it. It hit number 100 in the UK. Oh, take but, that. Yeah, right. But this uh, this actually was kind of a hit on the dance charts. It hit number six on the dance charts oh, in the US. With that synth bass riff, how could you not be a hit? <laughs> this was the so A good. side to Sex. He put Sex as the B side uh-huh. of this when he released. Yeah, it's again, it's again, it's another pretty straightforward high energy song. I actually think probably what happened was Take Me to Heaven probably got released in the US and the UK and Taking Love Into My Own Hands probably got released in Mexico. I think they probably kind of double dipped and did both because the songs are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, they probably covered all their bases was the deal there. 
But yeah, I, I do. I love both these songs. Like I said, oh, yeah, it's, high energy. I'm I'm there, baby. I could dance to it all night. It's cool. How do you like your love, Danielle? I mean, there's so many options that I could <laughs> choose, and Sylvester goes through all of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd like uh, I'd like my love with some hot salsa and uh, some uh, cheese and sour cream. Uh, brown rice, please. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a white rice, black beans kind of girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this track kind of opens with like this weird like Arabic motif mm-hmm. that, that would I don't know. It kind of sounded. It reminded me of like when early video games like have a sand stage, like the kind of music. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, everyone knows what that means. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm just saying. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I think this song kind of touched on. Uh, it almost sounds industrial. It does. It goes really hard. This song. I think it's. I don't know. I. It, it's a sexy song, and it's how do you like your love? It's a him going like full on sex here. It's like. Yep. Exactly, I mean, we're turning it into burrito orders. I don't know why we're doing. Is that. there a difference? I mean, it's better than sex if you eat it certain places. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about burritos. It's a good song. Listen to it. Dance to it. Whatever. kind of get a, another little curveball for the final track on this this eight song record uh in i don't want to think about it it's kind of like this mid-tempo funk pop thing it's like to me it's like very like 80s r&b yeah and it's very like smooth vocally and very cameo wise. very ashford and simpson kind of yeah, to bring them back from ju- last week it's got just enough synth bass in it it goes hard enough to where it's not quite that it's got a little more sylvester like dance floor feel to it but it's very just like mainline r&b almost Yep, I agree. So that's it. That's M1015, which would get re-released in 1992 uh, as Rock the Box. That's So if you look it up, it is on Spotify. You can listen to it there. Um, it is called Rock the Box, but it is the exact same album, and you'll get a few bonus tracks with remixes and whatnot. I want to note, there is this was released on CD in 1995 as M1015 again. Yeah. Don't buy that copy. It's missing the song Sex. I don't know why, but the song, like, there's like a 12-inch remix version of Sex on there, but the original album cut of Sex is not there. So really? if you want to buy the CD of this, buy either the original 1985 or 84 pressing of the CD, uh, or just buy the Rock the Box version. It's the same album. So or listen don't to get it on confused Spotify. about that. 
Um, I had a great time reading about Sylvester and, and learning some more mm-hmm. about him. You know how um, we, we mentioned how he was the first lady of San Francisco and whatnot. Um, he actually got the key to the city to San Francisco from Diane Feinstein in 1979. She That's gave it to so him cool. because she was at a concert that he played and was so enamored with him that she gave him the key to the city. Isn't that amazing? Diane Feinstein. Diane was Feinstein. Sylvester. Yeah, there you go. Oh so March 11th, 1979 was Sylvester Day oh in God. San Francisco. Um, he, as he was kind of coming up in the clubs and, and starting to record music in the early 70s, uh, he met a lady named Martha Wash, mm-hmm. who uh, then he, he he asked her literally, hey, do you have any other large black woman friends? And she was like, why, yes, here's my good friend Azora Rhodes. And they toured with him and were good buddies with him for the rest of his life. Uh, and they called themselves Two Tons of Fun as his backup <laughs> dancers. But of course, uh, they had their own hit. As the Weather Girls with yep. It's Raining Men. Uh, so they, they were all buddies. Very, very close friends. Do you have any other large black ladies? Literally. <laughs> I'm like, okay then. Uh, but my favorite Sylvester story that I had never heard this before. Uh-huh. Um, he got arrested uh, in sometime in the early 1980s for stealing fake like uh, coins. Like some rare coins. Um, and it turned out to be someone dressed as Sylvester and impersonating him. But he was arrested and charged with the crime of, like, thieving these rare antique coins. But it had just been someone, like, literally trying to pin the crime on him. Someone tried to frame like, Sylvester? Was, I know. Like, how, how old 70s is that, right? Like, I'm going to frame this disco star. Like, it's a murder she wrote plot, for God's sake. Yeah, no. Uh, it wasn't you after all. You were impersonating the disco star to steal the rare coins. Is it? Oh, I can't even. That's I know. Really Just try, funny. Try to imagine that, like someone dressing as Sylvester. Like it, even so, like couldn't you pick like someone more inconspicuous? Like why would you dress as like the most obvious? Like. Oh, hope reason- nobody notices me breaking in here to steal these coins dressed in a giant, you know, sequin jumper. I guess maybe he thought, you know, they're going to like, you know, in case they actually do find me, they're going to see that and immediately be like, well, that's clearly Sylvester. But of course, on the other hand, if you go to talk to the real <laughs> Sylvester, he's so Sylvester that he's going to be like, where were you? And he was like, I don't know. I went to the convenience store. Did anybody see you? Who the fuck didn't see me? Yeah. I'm Sylvester. I know. You know, he was like, coins. Do I look like I need coins? Like, I can just imagine how that interrogation went. I Bitch, bet, bye. I bet Miss Sylvester was having none of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, I thought that was the most amazing story. <laughs> I wonder if they had to call the 80s version of the Forensic Baltimore Institute to, I, I to, to solve that crime. <laughs> Where was Sylvester on Friday night? Stealing coins. I know it's I just like not, it's so it's honey. so Carmen San Diego. It just it's so I love that. Um, my, one of my favorite things about Sylvester that I read, just in general, because he ended up dying of complications of HIV yeah. Sylvester, we should say that Sylvester and, did pass away you know, in 1988. Is, it was four years after this record came out. Yeah, yeah. So this, you know, like I think he got diagnosed in like '85. I think so. Right after this record, and of course, this is like the heyday of you know the whole HIV thing, and it was still one of those things a lot of people didn't talk about. Sylvester was always very open about it. He was always like, you know, he would talk to people about his diagnosis and what was going on and, you know, how it was affecting, you know, the gay community, the black community. He was very open about that. And he was one of those few artists who was really like, you know, you would maybe know that they had AIDS, but he was the one out there talking about it. Yep. Like, we got to figure this out. We need help. 
please be aware. Yep. And so he was like that till, you know, and I said something about, uh, I read something about uh, how they asked him, like, well, do you blame God for this? And he was like, why would I blame God? Why does everybody blame God for this stuff? Which I love a lot. <laughs> I love it. It's like, why does it, everyone has a tendency to blame God for this stuff? This has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> and I love that so much. And Sylvester was really awesome about that. Yeah, he was a very cool person. And I just think, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were willing to let us profile this album because I just think this is like a really, really underappreciated work. It's really fantastic dance music, um, electro freestyle, high energy and mm-hmm. disco. It just, it kind of runs the gamut and there's just kind of something for everybody. If you're into early eighties dance music. Mm-hmm. So pick up this record again, if you're going to look for it on Spotify, it is called rock the box and really just get on there and listen to all the Sylvester. Yes. If you love any, disco the original record. title as we're titling this episode was M1015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, I don't know why they changed the name. I, I was actually going to ask you about that. Or what, no was, what does M1015 mean? No idea. Because I was looking for that and I was like, maybe Max knows. I have no idea. Max1015. There you go. <gasps> okay. M1015. That's, this is definitely a job for the Forensic Baltimore Institute. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll call our friends over there and get them on the job. Yeah, wink, we'll, wink. Uh, we'll work on it. We, yes. The guys who frame Sylvester, we'll get them on this yeah, in the meantime, if you have any other cases for them, feel free to uh, email us on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. Cat <laughs> is currently punching me under this table. I'm sorry. I love it a lot. It's really She's fun. very affectionate. Uh, we are also on Twitter. We are Twitter user at offbeattracks, so you can hit us up there. Uh, yeah, and we'll be back with uh, a Superlatives episode next week. Oh, yeah, we've definitely decided what we're going to do. She's just totally. forgotten. We did decide. She's forgotten. I have forgotten. I'm going to be ready, and she isn't. Well, I mean, I would... I'm so come back than... next week to see that train wreck. I can come up with anything on the fly. Okay. We'll see you then. Bye. Okay, bye.